Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. I'm Zach Ferris, coming to you live from the home studio here in Asheville, North Carolina, Paris of the South. Paris of the South. Well, sticking with that. Um... Oh, we oui, we. Oui. <laughs> oh wow um it's exciting time zach it's exciting yeah we What's we happening? didn't well we didn't cover this last week uh but um mm. the super the superb owl happened and that mm-hmm. was it did that was cool um we got a, a performance uh by usher who was one of my spouse's favorite artists and uh <laughs> and we got two new songs from beyonce who we are uniquely qualified to cover by virtue of the fact uniquely. that we went we went to a concert one they time looks to us <laughs> for <laughs> deep insight we we went to a concert one time so yeah we actually have some perspective on this uh not beyond our concert attendance i think we have something to say uh, here you go. Here's my short list, Matt. Uh, I thought the Usher halftime performance was fine, like Rihanna. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, as I texted you, didn't have quite quite enough skeet 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 for me. Uh, you know, there were no windows to the walls, so I was really hoping that would happen. Um, uh, I, I experienced it the way many people experience it. I think uh, at a Super Bowl thing where I couldn't really hear what was going on. Also, they needed like titles. Because we were, I think, like many people, we were like, is that CeeLo Green? Like, why is CeeLo Green beyond? Yeah. It was Jermaine Dupree. It was Jermaine Dupree. <laughs> I'm glad you're so there. I, I just so I discovered later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could have used a, I don't know if you know this reference, the VH1 pop-up video. That's what we oh, could have used. Pop into I obviously am with a reference, Matt. I don't know about our, all of our listeners, all the... Gen Z listeners, you're always tuning into our podcast. I mean, you just, you think about Papa Video, like this is, I mean, internet, internet was, you know, it was fledgling, fledgling at that time. So you would have these little things pop up on uh, during the music video and you go, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because you weren't watching things with your phone in front of you, looking up things and going down rabbit holes. They would just give you little factoids. And then in the end, you'd end up having like memorizing a very like bizarre set of a fairly limited facts about like right i'm putting the heartbreakers yeah and the shooting of the video and i could memorize those things because it was a limited amount of information now there's so much information i can't remember anything so that was great it was a good time uh (laughs) anyway (laughs) could have used that for the the halftime show he did have roller skates. Roller skates, very exciting. That was very exciting. I've been to a roller rink recently that didn't that outlawed booty shorts and spaghetti straps. Fortunately, <laughs> I didn't wear either one of those that day. <laughs> Never seen a dress code or thought, man, my roller rink better have a dress code. But there you have it. Well, uh, it did. Uh, I did immediately go out and buy tickets then to Usher's past, present, future tour. When is uh, it? We'll be making its happy? way. We'll be making its way to September to uh, Los Angeles or Eng- Inglewood, more accurately, Inglewood in uh, September. 
He'll be playing at the brand new Intuit Dome. Can't wait. Can't wait to see this uh, basketball stadium and also Usher. Intuit Dome. You go into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. People come out of it. Yeah, you can We've also do your incredible concert lineup coming up here locally, Matt. Uh, We've uh, uh, Rabbit Rabbit, incredible lineup. We got Vampire Weekend. We got Portugal the Man coming up. We got Lake Street Dive coming up this summer fall. I tried to buy pre-sale wow. Vampire Weekend tickets today, and they sold out in twenty minutes while I was trying to like get in. That. Crazy. I believe that. I... Album, but that's not what we're here yeah. to talk about, man. No, no. Because uh, not. Yeah. It was not just like. Taylor caught some shade for announcing a new album. What during the Grammys? Like, and everybody right. was like, "Yeah, you really need the publicity of the Grammy stage." Uh, Beyonce, somewhat similarly, uh, announces new music uh, at the Super Bowl. Uh, but but these aren't just regular Beyonce songs, man. Mm. We've got some genre bending stuff going on. Yeah, she's uh, the conventional wisdom is that she's in her her country era. Although I'm sure we'll break down what exactly that means. But uh, yeah, she's, do- she's doing a new thing. It's uh, Act 2, I guess, of the Renaissance Trilogy. So Act 1 Whoa. was more sort of house music uh, and stuff on that Renaissance album from, I can't believe it's been almost two years. And now this is Act 2, uh, country. I'm hoping Act 3, I got some ideas. But uh, yeah, it's Act 2. Ska? It's a new, it's a new era. Ska. <laughs> it's going to be Ska. Ska or Swing Dance. It'll be, it's going to be great. <laughs> So she really she dropped the two new songs, sixteen carriages mm-hmm. and uh, what is it, Texas, Texas Hold'em, Texas Hold'em, uh, which are varying degrees of like country, which is a thing that we should we, we should get into. It made the news, uh, notably, uh, someone called in to request Texas Hold'em from a country station, and they responded tersely that we don't play Beyonce, we are a country music station. Yeah. Later in the day, though, they played the song. Yeah, yeah. Later, we found out it's now the number one song in country music because <laughs> it's a bit overblown. But it was a great publicity uh, publicity deal. And yeah, and we've doc. I have one question, Matt, to frame our conversation today. That is, do you think either this year or next year, Beyonce will headline uh, stagecoach? Stagecoach. Oh, that'd be incredible. <laughs> we we would definitely have to go i think that's because that's because that's where i'm at matt as i thought about this issue right like we've we've talked about before coachella really impressive like the diversity of what's going on there right like all kinds of different people are there the music is incredibly diverse and then like a week later stagecoach shows up and it's quote-unquote country music and a bunch of white people um, and I, I'm willing, I'm planting the flag here, Matt, saying that, that this distinction between country music and the rest of the music world, I think is, is, is the place where polarization has come to the music culture. Uh, cause there's no, like, cause, cause when we drill down on it, of course, the obvious conclusion we're reaching here is like the definition of country music is really, uh, fairly ambiguous. It's not clear, not clean cut. It doesn't fit into our modernist boxes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, do you have more of a hot take? I mean, it's not that hot. I am fired up. 
because I did, I did the Googling. I went to the, the trusted source of, of knowledge these days. I went to a pop-up video. <laughs> Wikipedia, the pop-up videos of the world. Uh, you know, and like I've looked for a good definition of country music, and it seems <laughs> like, man, country music is whatever people who country music listeners say it is. Right. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. not like there's some like real generalizations, like lots of ballads, but like ballads aren't Whitney Houston sang ballads, right? Um, and most people wouldn't call Whitney Houston country music, right? Uh instrumentation can be it, right? Like there is oftentimes like steel guitar, uh, fiddle, banjo, which if you're grading Beyonce, especially Texas Hold'em, has got claw hammer banjo going on uh in there central to it so it's got the instrumentation which we've talked about a million times carolina chocolate jobs uh friend of the program rihanna giddens has talked about helped to educate people the banjo is an african instrument uh comes from africa a string gourd instrument and do you know who's playing that banjo on the song oh, no is she it's it's rihanna giddens oh my god she's playing on the song she that's who you hear when the song starts is rihanna wow. giddens yeah it plays yeah. throughout, not the start. It's the whole thing. Right. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Like, that's what's yeah. yeah. So uh, when I found that out, I was like, oh, she's, yeah. <laughs> she's she's coming and she's bringing all her friends with her. Like, this is really like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And you, the South, like, wasn't a, um, didn't exist outside of time and space, Matt. A strange thing. Uh, and so, um, you know, a lot of definitions were like music coming out of the u.s like the, the american south and stuff right but yeah, american south music this is a really hot take deeply influenced by african-americans uh, uh uh black people in the south had uh most did most of the shaping of 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 music that came out of the south even when white people sang it uh typically it was quote-unquote inspired loosely or incredibly tightly by by black people but then you can like you can hit other parts of the definition where it's like oh western music when in some of the periods when we like really romanticize western stuff but you start to get out in the west and things uh start getting like uh, shade a little darker as well right whether it's like um uh, uh um you know what am i trying to get tahon uh that sort of stuff uh ranchero music mm -hmm. like western music is in that yeah. really ambiguous place where the mexican u.s border moves around and stuff um, so it's strange that look at stagecoach, all white people, uh, and race certainly seems to be a part of it. I think it's hard to, yeah. to say it's not a part of the definition. Um, yeah. And yet yeah, no, super, where it comes from is, is not super right. white. Yeah. Yeah. That Coachella stagecoach divide is, uh, very weird and strange. I did see, I saw Chris Stapleton at Coachella once he played one of those tents. Oh uh, yeah. It was awesome. But that was about it. Like in four, how many years have we got? Four years, five years. That's the extent of it. Chris Stapleton, uh, which is its own, like he's kind of got his own like independent thing going on. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Really fascinating. And and I do like, it is, it is really, when, when I found out that that was uh, Rihanna Giddens playing on there too, that was, it was just like, that's when my mind started to do all kinds of, yeah, she's, it's intentional. she's definitely right. Like it's intentional and it is, uh, you know, here's Beyonce, this massive pop star entering into this space. Yep. She can get number one in the country charts. And then the question is, um, you know, is this going to open the door then? Um, and who knows, right. It's an open question. We could be pessimistic about that, but she's certainly like doing this with full knowledge and, uh, of, of where those roots are like Rihanna, somebody who is a scholar of, uh, 
you know, where the banjo came from and trying to expand uh, some of that story. And so for Beyonce to bring that in as part of it, um, really cool. And then uh, I also just learned as I was doing research for this podcast, uh, the other song, 16 Carriages, uh, it's Robert Randolph doing the steel guitar on that, on that song, playing the steel guitar, right? So like, okay. so I can't wait to see like who is on this album and like what what that says about her, uh, not just knowledge, but like ability to to bring those things together and to sort of give it a spotlight that like, those artists might put out work that is amazing, um, but it's not going to get the spotlight that it gets if Beyonce puts that spotlight on it. Um, so it's just, it's really, it's really fascinating. Uh, if you go to Rihanna Giddens uh, Twitter account too, she's, uh, <laughs> she's coming in hot. It's great. Uh, eight hours ago, let's not make new mythology about country music. Let's take the opportunity to get it right this time. Uh, she had a great thing on genre. Um, gosh, what did she say? Oh, I can't find it now. Um, but it was, uh, it was, oh, here it is. Yeah. Love, love all the agitation over, is it country? Ari Texas Hold'em. Reality is genre was created wholesale to sell our own music. American music of all kinds back to us. Capitalism going to capitalize. <laughs> Meanwhile, the world burns. Uh, so yeah, genre, <laughs> genre, yeah. something else. Uh, but, uh, but it's fun to see me as a sort of kick, kick open some of those doors and say, yep, I can play in those spaces too. Yeah. Because the because the reality too is right like this, this is different because it is Beyonce, <laughs> um, like the, those artists, black, quote unquote country artists exist already and do really interesting neat things yeah. like Rihanna, right? Yeah. Like, um, if you if you're looking at it basic solely on like, the musicality, the the instrumentation, all that kind of stuff, those people already exist. Um, they're mostly not getting played on pop country music right but but also right like really interesting musical stuff i mean that's the shade right the the pop country radio which is the biggest radio music radio uh has the highest listenership of any music radio in, in the country um doesn't play interesting musical stuff right whether from, from from white artists either right like you're they don't really play like sturgill simpson or or they started, I, guess, I suppose they're starting to play more of like your Tyler Childers, like the, those sorts of folks um, that hasn't been in their wheelhouse. Yeah. Either. Um, right. But yeah. it's different because Beyonce has so much. Those artists and the artists who've navigated that before Taylor Swift, right. Moving from country into pop um, have made those moves based on. Shout out to Rihanna here. Market forces. I think is the mm-hmm. way to say it, right? Like it's better economic financially for Taylor to be a pop artist than it was for her to be just a country artist. Um, uh, acceptance and wanting to get played on the radio would be good for those folks because they need, they need to make careers, right? Beyonce doesn't need to do this. Right. Right. <laughs> like if this doesn't go, well, first of all, she's already, it's better than Chris Gaines, <laughs> the Chris Gaines thing. <laughs> Hey, Chris Gaines is in the room. Everybody, look out. Uh, this is the Chris Gaines situation in reverse. Um, if it doesn't go super well, she still can't say it's fine. Nothing like uh, she's bringing so much energy. Like it's so clear or not so clear. But when we start, as we examine it, I think she has these other motives Um and is playing the game by different rules than, I mean, she's always her and Taylor always playing the game by different rules than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it will be very interesting to see 
what that means, right? Can will this end polarization in America? Mike? Will Beyonce make bridge the gap between Coachella and Stagecoach? Yeah, <laughs> pave the way for a young, fresh sixty-year-old someone to become president. <laughs> young, fresh sixty-year-old someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great. Uh... That's a great thought experiment. We'll be on stage, play stagecoach. I love it. That should be the headline of uh, this episode. It's gonna be great. It's called a, a, a title, Matt. Title. Sure. Um, the other thing we're saying too is like she's coming at it with some of her own like bona fides, right? She's a Houston. Uh, she's from Houston. She's from Texas, yeah. right? Like, and and so it starts. It it asks these questions of who has the right to make real. Whatever music. Right. I mean, here we're looking at country, but you can, you can, this conversation happens within all genres, right? Right. Except maybe pop. Yeah. But, um, who has the right to make real whatever music? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It reminds me when my daughter asked me about two weeks ago, uh, what is pop music? Oh. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a lot of hard questions I've been asked. Like, uh, did God create God's self? You know, like there's all kinds of really, but what is pop music? Now that's a stumper. That one, that was tough, you know. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay, we're not going to chase that rabbit today. <laughs> not going to do it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Like the Texas Hold'em is good. Like it's a good it song. It is good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, love it's, it. It's great. It's, it's so well done. Like she like, it, 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 I think it does enough to, like it, it does, it, it walks along really, really well, I think, right? Between like, it's clearly a lot of people have made the comparison to Lil Nas to X's uh, Old Town Road, <laughs> which um, would with the uh, Billboard did not classify it as country, and it you know broke whatever record for however many number ones on the pop charts, um, and it wasn't super substantial. I think I don't want to make all of our Lil Nas X fans super uh, um, upset with us, but like I'm going to take my ticket. Uh, I'm going to take my. Where does it go? I'm gonna take my something to Old Town Road. <laughs> take my horse. My horse, yeah. Just down to Old Town Road. I'm gonna ride like and that doesn't seem to mean anything. Um it's just like a musical experiment, which is fine. It's just awesome. It's lovely, it's fun, it's catchy. Uh but this like plays enough to like I'm not making fun of like this like thing. Uh respecting it, playing with it, but then also like it's it's very Beyonce as well. There's like a semi rapish. I mean it's not rap, like yeah. It's broken yeah. parts of it, right? The, the, it's great. I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Chris wants to know if the video had a uh, line dancing in it yet. And I don't think they've they've got a full video yet, but I, I'm waiting for the line dance with that song. As I listened to yeah. it, I was like, you could line dance to it, which is totally. a definition. Yeah. I think a, not a bad working <laughs> definition of country music. But then as the electric slide, oh, see, Matt, there's so many. Or the. Uh... <sighs> yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I can't wait to see how this continues to unfold. I think the album comes out at the end of March. It's a Holy Week release. So uh... oh, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. It's going to be great. Oh, well. Big guests coming up on the podcast into March, listeners. <laughs> can't say who it is. Surprise guest. Oh, well, um, speaking of Holy Week. We're continuing our journey through Lent. It's already Lent three. Dang. It's the Dale Earnhardt week of, of Lent. Matt, I tried to watch NASCAR because I watched the uh, 
Netflix has a NASCAR uh, show now. Oh, okay. Like the, like the F1 Drive to Survive one. And mm-hmm. it was pretty good. It was well done. Yeah. I kind of liked it because the drivers all live like where I went to high school, like in that part of the world. So I'm like, they're always at their house and stuff on the lake. And so I'm like Googling on the internet, like, oh, they live right there. They live on the other side of the lake, Matt. I want to be really clear. I lived on the poor side of the lake, not the race car side, driver side of the lake. And I didn't live on the lake at all either. Anyway, but <laughs> all that said, uh, they did a good job, right? They developed like yeah. Denny Hamlin is a bad person. Like he's, he's the black hat. You want him to, he's a real jerk. You want him to do bad. You find some other guys. You're like, oh, this guy's a pretty good guy. I hope things go good for him. Uh, and so I tried to watch the Daytona 500, which got postponed by a day because of rain, which again <laughs> has me like, you put rain tires on? Why you gotta... <laughs> yeah. Seems like it'd be pretty fun. We like the wrecks. Like I'm wrecking in the rain. That'd be great. Uh, there are still way too many people because I turn it on and they're like, they show the top 10 and I recognize two names and I watched a whole series getting to only two of them are those guys because they have 40 some guys start the race. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it's 500 miles. So we'll be here for the next four hours. And like, nope, no, no, get, please. I know the numbers sound cool. Daytona 500, right? Mm-hmm. I'm only interested in the last 10 miles. Like I don't need, I need the part that matters. Like where they're yeah. racing, yeah. trying to win and stuff, passing each other. Right. Consequentially. Yeah. yeah. Like the NBA playoffs. You just tune in for the, the last two months of the season. Yeah. It's usually what I do. Yeah, I love this. I love this for you, Zach. I feel like you moved to North Carolina. You're going to talk about NASCAR more. It's going to be great. Oh, well, I look I'm forward to your, I tried your, to see your NASCAR I era. Races this week. <laughs> I'm sure Beyonce loves having uh, her career split into Taylor's eras. So she's not competitive about that at all. Nope. <laughs> no. But here we are, Matt. Lent three. <laughs> Getting us out of the ditch. Back on the road here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just assume again, you know, uh, 500 to the last 10 miles. Just can we just zoom through Lent and get to Holy Week? Get to the, let's just get to the good stuff. <laughs> just get to Holy Week. But no, we got to make it through Lent. Uh, Lent three. Uh, not bad, though. Not bad texts. So I can work with these. Pretty good. Classic texts. Yeah, classic. Right. Playing the hits. Sometimes you get stuff. You go, why is this even here? But not these. You understand why they're in the room. Yeah, this this is genre defining stuff here. Yeah, standards. These are Bible standards. Yep. So we've got uh, our first reading is from Exodus twenty, verses one to seventeen, and it is uh, it's the Ten Commandments. They're laid out uh, with Roman numerals uh, clearly in the text. Uh, they're not. There's no numbers whatsoever. But they are the Ten Commandments. Hopefully, you recognize them. God spoke all these words: "I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery." You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will acquit will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. 
Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Word of God. Word of life. Oh, thanks be to God, man. Uh, this also kind of feels like it's... um. <laughs> They were racing to the, the opposite of racing to the end, I guess. So we spent a lot of time uh, breaking down these first commandments, and then we get to the last ones, and it's just, they come yeah. real quick. <laughs> all right, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and uh, let's make sure we get all the bases covered on that last one. Done. Yeah, you shall not murder, period. <laughs> yeah, pretty. You would think that would be pretty clear, and <laughs> we would get it by now. <laughs> but uh, it didn't seem to require a lot of, a lot of uh, qualifications there. Is pretty clear, but didn't elaborate, didn't say only in instances in which, yeah. Uh, well, like I said, they're not they're not numbered, which has led to some interesting debates. Uh, different Christian denominations will number them differently, always a fun fact. Uh, but the thing I really like about these is how they how they begin, uh, that they're they don't actually begin, you shall have no other gods before me. They begin, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, which is just such a powerful way. I mean, to root it in the past, we were just talking about that with Beyonce, to root this um, in history, to root this in a particular story uh, is really, really crucial for these commandments. And so often we just like take them completely out of context, but that's not how they are here. They're rooted in a context. Very Lutheran to start the Ten Commandments, what we're supposed to do by describing what God is or has done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To describe what God has done um, and particularly what God has done uh, to bring people to freedom. And then here are some ways to live in freedom, like mm-hmm. powerful stuff. Nothing on here about booty, booty shorts. <laughs> no, not like your roller skating rink. No. Yeah. There's not a qualification to the uh, covetous thing either. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Uh, yeah. Unless she's wearing booty shorts. Yeah, no, it all just seems pretty clear. Or he. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty clear. Yep. The negative ones are, you know, I mean, that's always an angle you can go with here. Um, mm. A little more than half of them, at least here, right? You shall not. Those are always super. I mean, that's why. That's a part of why there's no. Uh, imagine a world in which it's you shall murder. Uh, mm. Well, what does it mean to? I need to know exactly what it is I need to do. Uh, so we're going to need a little more description because the positive ones are so hard, right? Uh, you shall not murder. Matt, I hate to brag. I don't like to brag on the podcast, okay? but I'm going to have to do it. We're approaching the six o'clock hour here on the East Coast. Haven't murdered today. So I'd like to give myself a pat on the back uh, for keeping the commandments. Uh, did I remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy? Uh, that's a little less clear cut, Matt. Um, so there's a lot more in terms of freedom, right? A lot more uh, room between the lines to color with there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even, oh, if only we really did our homework to see whether this, is this a you plural, do we think? Is this like to a people or is this to individuals or both? I mean, I guess I'd want to say it's both. I'd make an argument, but it'd be fun to see what that Hebrew is. Because uh, if it's you shall not murder, well, I don't know. Uh, we are part of a country that probably participates in 
the murder of people around the world. So maybe we're implicated. If you go to a good place, uh, kind of breaking down of this stuff, like none of us get off scot-free. Well, Matt, what we have here. <laughs> You're looking it up, are you? <laughs> I've got it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, You Shall Not Murder, uh, which is a verb qual imperfect second. Second masculine singular. Yeah. Second yeah. masculine sing- singular. Even and so. Men, the women. <laughs> yeah, only some men. Yeah, which again just points to like even so, uh we are all tied up in these systems, right? Like we all participate. Um I mean in the same way, like remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Um that one's a that can be a tough one for uh workaholics to adhere to. Uh but another way to look at that is like, yeah, it might be possible for me to take a Sabbath day, but Am I working for a world where everyone is able to take a Sabbath day? There are plenty of people that just cannot afford to take a Sabbath day because of the way that we have set up our society. Um, So are we responsible for other people not being able to take their own Sabbath day? Um, So I I think there are ways to think about these commandments too, in terms of like, not just did you yourself do this thing, but like, are we creating a world so that that we can all live in this way? Um, It kind of relates to when we do confession and forgiveness on Sundays and you can go through that confession and go, well, I didn't do that particular thing that we're confessing to. Uh, <laughs> but collectively, I'm a part of this thing. So, yeah. You could flip it, which might be nice, because I don't know about you, Matt. I hate to brag. Again, second brag of the day. I'm a gentle parent, Matt. And so we avoid just gentle parents. You know this. It's very invoked. Uh, we don't say no. Right? You're supposed to redirect instead of just saying no. Uh, and so when we hear prohibitions that are direct like this, you will not. I think our ears here are pretty sensitive to that, right? And be like, oh, okay, no, it's a no thing. Like, we gotta, whew, I gotta make sure that I'm a, like, cause that feels accusatory, right? Like, it maybe catches us in a different way. But can we flip it to like, you shall not murder? Other people will hear you being told that as they will not murder you. Uh, so yeah. if you're looking for good news, right? They yeah. will not commit adultery again. They will not steal from you. They will not bear false witness against you. Yeah. Um, right. Like, so there's maybe that's a help, more helpful way or could be a helpful way into hearing the good news side of the, like help. Cause I think the challenge with the 10 commandments, especially the negative ones is that they're creating this inverse picture that is good news, right? Like it's, it's creating a picture without these things. And when we only use the negatives, if I had to talk to the, to, to the writer of Exodus, if Moses and I sat down and I was editing Moses, like, hey, Moses, these are great. Or Yahweh, excuse me, this is actually quoting Yahweh. Uh, Yahweh, communicating the negative is not the most effective strategy because you want to actually be for something and not against everything, okay? Uh, but that's not what happened. Not what happened. Not what happened. Uh, so it's your challenge, dear preacher, to create the positive picture that these negatives create amen amen uh well speaking of someone who's trying to uh create a different picture (laughs) let's talk about the gospel using negatives to create a positive image uh early on i didn't realize this was in the second chapter matt like this is chapter (laughs) two of john yeah it gets hot real quick uh the passover of the judeans is near and jesus went up to jerusalem the old temple where he found people 
who were selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and money changers seated at their tables and making a whip of cords. He drove them all out of the temple, Indiana Jones style. This is probably your favorite text, man. Both the sheep and the cattle. Uh, I guess he left, left the doves. Uh, but he also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Judeans then said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? And Jesus answered, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Judeans then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years and you'll raise it up in just three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken, the good news of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, Matt, I'll get, I'll, throw, I'll get the historical context stuff out of the way. Why are there people selling cattle, sheep, doves, uh, and people having kiosks like at the airport in the olden days? Why? Tell us. That's an excellent question, Matt. I'm glad you asked. Uh, so everybody had to come to the temple for a couple festivals, and this is one of them, Passover. And uh, it would be a giant pain and not a great economic investment to bring a cow, a cow with you walking. Cause again, people didn't have horses even right. There are no carriages really running around. Most people are walking places when they're going places to walk all the way from your village in Galilee to Jerusalem, which is going to take you days, a week, maybe, maybe more. And to drag your cow and sheep along with you, uh, would have been a pain, but also right. Like now on the road, you have to feed you, the people you're with and these cows and sheep and goats. Uh, something might happen on the road. You're walking in between towns. There's not safety. No safety is guaranteed. Raider, like robbers, uh, wild animals, bad things could happen. So people seized upon this opportunity and they said, don't worry. You're supposed to bring a sacrifice. We'll just buy one when we get to Jerusalem. Uh, it's like, unfortunately, became like buying food in Disney, Matt, which I'm guessing is expensive. <laughs> it's a great um, analogy. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, and so they're like, don't worry. You didn't need to pack those sandwiches from home. I know it's been a long drive from your house. The car got hot. Lots of things could have been wrong. I mean, even Coachella, Zach. Even Coachella. You can like, the best. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 know, you can bring your own food into the campsite and you could just, you could go you back. Buy this Who wants to walk all the way back? Pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep which is a deal by the way it's the best deal i specifically remember last time i refused i was gonna buy like a 25 dollars hot dog and I, I just i couldn't do it i couldn't do it i walked away and i got yeah. yet another slice of 50 dollars pizza <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so you know these folks set up outside the temple are taking advantage of of the poor like the rural poor uh, the other thing, money changers, what are they doing? Well, the problem, as Jesus is going to reveal probably a little later in this gospel, is uh, money at the time was Roman money, and it had a picture of our good friend Caesar Augustus and the title Son of God on it, which, go back to those Ten Commandments, which is why we got the text today, uh, is an image of a false image, I guess, right? No other gods before me, make yourself an idol. It's violating the Ten Commandments. And so they couldn't bring those into the temple. Uh, could, that could not be your sacrifice either. She so had to change it out for some less heretical <laughs> funds. Uh, and again, that was a situation rife for uh, 
corruption and taking advantage of people as well. So all that's going on. Jesus, not a fan of uh, of a religious system that's built on processing fees and uh, exchanging credit for uh, for goods <laughs> that are acceptable to the Lord. Uh, yes, much violence. <laughs> much like the Biden administration, he's going to get rid of all those hidden fees. That's really what is upset about here is the hidden fees. Next time we're at Coachella or Stagecoach, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna make a whip of cords and just go at that $25 hot dog guy. <laughs> will, you, One you, will you say, take these things out of here? Stop making my father's house a marketplace. <laughs> that's correct. And that's actually the place I'm interested in going this, this time around. A new, I got a new insight, Matt. Yeah. Uh, you Stop making my father's place a marketplace or my father's house a marketplace is interesting to me because we end with this metaphor about the temple being Jesus's body. Mm -hmm. And if the temple is Jesus's body, what is my father's house? Right. Is Mm -hmm. Jesus just, might there be a a more depth of meaning there? Is this a body? Jesus's body. Is it our bodies? Um, Because I think there's something interesting you can get to there of the ways in which our body, like we turn our bodies into a marketplace um, because we spend so much of our time trying to figure out how we can use our bodies uh, to participate in a capitalistic system, right? That's how we value our time and what we, and in, in our time, it's it's what we're doing with our bodies, yeah, uh, and putting numbers on that and and seeing that as a marketplace. And so perhaps the good news here to flip it is that your body is not a marketplace, right? Your body is value is, does not come in how much like income it can generate through, through whatever yeah. means. Right. Yeah. Your body is not a marketplace. Oof. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with only fans. Yeah. Don't, don't include only fans in your, your sermon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Seem like we'd be a little more explicit about how like our labor, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we feel bad about rest and not, not being productive. Right. Um, right. Is a thing about our bodies, uh, which is not a normal note that I think is hit on this text is like how it might focus on our body. As yeah. Well. Yeah. No, that's really good. I think, um, you know, it's always interesting when we get, um, angry Jesus, this is like a classic angry Jesus text and there's not, uh, I mean, it's like it's the angry Jesus text, which is why people like it. Uh, they'll gravitate to it because, look, here's an example of Jesus getting upset. And so when we see Jesus get upset, I think when we see God get upset uh, in the Old Testament and uh, some of those some of those passages, well, what is it about? Like, what is the what is it the thing that God or Jesus in this case cares mm-hmm. about so much that he's willing to get upset about it and willing to get angry about it um, and do some things that might even make us uncomfortable? What would be so important uh, that would make him want to do that? Um, and so, yeah, your body's not a marketplace and, and, and even, even that, yeah, like you said, to tie that back to remember the Sabbath day, um, the Sabbath day is not a nice to have, (laughs) it is a requirement. It is like important enough that God says, no, this matters. And I will turn over temp tables about it. Um, it's not just like a a nice to have. Yeah. I mean, you know, be nice if we had it, but it's not, it's not an extra Greek from marketplace, Matt, you ready for this? Mm Mm-hmm. Emporium, emporium, essentially. 
Emporium. All that right. Is not an emporium. Yeah. Okay. An emporium. So that's fun. Yeah. I feel like in LA, it would be a Galleria. A lot of our malls are Galleria. Gallerias. That's what they call our shopping malls here. Mm-hmm. Preach well, it to your <laughs> contact in your local mall. The nice ones are Galleria's. The middle class ones are Westfield shopping towns. <laughs> Shops with an, two P's yeah. and an E. That's right. That's right. Well, what are we listening to? Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be pretty obvious what we're listening to, but let's make that list anyway. Yeah. Well, I did the research, Matt. We did the research this week. We should get patted on the back for it. Uh, here's a fun one. I just assumed, like, I was like, Googling some things like black country music artists and like Charlie Crockett didn't show up, which was interesting to me that he didn't show up. Cause then I eventually found it and found that like one, he identifies as white, but then like his great grandmother was like part black is like the, that's like how black he is. And that's enough to make at least me think, Oh, black country artists like Charlie Crockett. Right. Like, it's a bit Charlie, of an indictment Charlie Stage Crockett. Wow. Yeah. And he plays Stand enough to be an issue for him in his career where he gets racist comments and stuff. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. But partially, I think why I thought Charlie Crockett was a black artist in country music is because his name's Charlie. And uh, it always, almost always goes back to Charlie Pride. Uh, who, uh, yeah. 60s, 70s, the original, not the original, but in the in certain imagination of country music, the original black artist, uh, with a, it's, it's a banger. It's such a good song. The, like, Charlie Crockett hit, Kiss an Angel, Good Morning. Uh, you gotta do it. You gotta do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, also meant to, like, make the point that I think Jesus is, like, uh, uh, doing some genre bending himself here, breaking down the walls between, uh, the genres here, the things that had to be held separated, the, the coins of Caesar and the coins of the temple. Um, so there you go. Then I uh, got a little deeper into it. New artist to me, Allison Russell. It's got a great song called Night Flyer. You should check out. And then in a salute to Rihanna Giddens, the Carolina Chocolate Jobs and Jimmy Ryan, Five Head Entertainment. Uh, gotta put Texas Hold'em from Beyonce, which means, Matt, me to Jimmy Ryan to Rihanna to, to, to Beyonce, we're four, four, four uh, degrees separated from Beyonce. We're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. We are getting there. I did meet her mom one time, which is even, even closer. <laughs> Two degrees. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you put Texas Hold'em, so I'll throw 16 carriages on there, uh, which has got a nice little stomp to it. Feels like it's a story that I haven't quite cracked yet, but it's uh, it, it's there. And it was really fun to find out that Robert Randolph uh, is playing on that song. Yeah. We'll also throw on uh, some Rand Giddens. How about The Ballad of Sally Ann, uh, which is the newest single. Uh, but just in general, just just check her out. She's got, she's got so much stuff and just does such interesting, interesting work. And then finally, uh, I was going to do like just an all- all Beyonce list here, but I was like, what's a good, like Beyonce angry song to fit this angry Jesus. Uh, and you got to go with don't hurt yourself from lemonade featuring mm. Jack white, which I think 
I'm calling it now that Act Three is going to be like rock and roll. It's going to bring in like Jack White and just go all out with a "Don't Hurt Yourself" album. I can't wait. I listened to accidentally listened to Dolly's uh, new version of Jolene with Pitbull recently. <laughs> I have not listened to it. I keep Spotify keeps advertising it to me because I listen to so much good. Dolly. No, not good. No, Mr. Worldwide. Not good. <laughs> Hopefully, she clears that part. Hopefully, Tina Turner released an album. It's the only like Grammy she's won or was nominated for or something like an album of country covers. Yeah, won like the R and B Grammy. Well, that like I think that's gonna be interesting too, right? Like I feel like the momentum. It's not even momentum. It's more like the pressure has built up so much that like yeah. they've got to give it to Beyonce at some point. But it's gonna be kind of weird if her first Grammy is because she went country. Like that's gonna be just super. I mean, more power to her, but that's just going to be so yeah. weird. What a world. Wow. What an episode, man. Well, it's been real. Real country? 